Welcome to the Dietitian's Dish Podcast. We are Gina and Nicole, two dietitian mamas and good friends living in Ohio and Michigan. This is a podcast dedicated to making whole family wellness more fun and less stressful. Whether you're listening in the car or slumped on the couch with a glass of wine, welcome. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I'm Nicole. And I'm Gina. And today we are dishing with our mamas in honor of Mother's Day, which just passed. Uh, but I don't know about you, Gina. I love Mother's Day. <laughs> of course. It's like our day. We need yeah. like a month, but we get a day. So we got to soak it up. Um, and now that we're moms, we have to share it with our mom. And, you know, it's all good. But uh, yeah. I love it. So what's what's cooking before we jump in? What's new? Okay, so true story. My, I don't know if I told everyone this on last Mother's Day, but my first Mother's Day, like as a real mother, as a mother, Nick did zero for me. I got absolutely <laughs> nothing. I was so pissed. <laughs> yeah, I'll never let that one down. He'll he'll have to live with that for the rest of his life. Okay, so what is new with me? Well, first of all, Paige has been sleepwalking lately. Do it, either of your kids sleepwalk? No, that's got to be scary for all of you. Okay, so it is. I will tell you, I have she I've, I've heard her sleepwalk probably twice in her entire life where or I thought she was awake and realized, oh, wait, she's not really awake. Like her eyes are open, but she's just I can just tell she has no idea what's going on now. She's actually not awake. It's happened twice. And then recently it happened again. And I also have seen her sit up in her bed and just kind of babble. Like I'll go downstairs and her door's always a little bit open because she doesn't like it to be shut. And she'll be sitting up in bed and she'll just be just like talking nonsense. And so the other day I was in the kitchen and Nick was in the basement and she came into the kitchen, walked downstairs, sat on the bottom of the stairs and said, I have to get it out. I have to get it out. And Nick was like, what's wrong? I realized she's sleepwalking. So I'm like, do you have to go to the bathroom? And she said, yes. So she sat on the potty. Went to the bathroom, got it out, <laughs> and uh, it was number one. I mean, I don't mean to be disgusting, but it was just pee. And um, yeah, I went back to bed. And yes, it is scary. I did do a little bit of research on it, and there's a couple things. So being a little bit stressed, having an added stressor in your life can cause that. So I would definitely say that there's been added stressors in all of our lives around this time. It's still COVID time, and they haven't gone to school. They probably don't really understand what's going on. She keeps talking about coronavirus. I don't think she really gets it. Um, so that. And then also I read this made me feel a little bit better. Oh, I also read to always make sure that they go um, to bed with an empty bladder, which normally we do, but clearly that night we did not. And I also read that usually kids sleepwalk within the first hour or two of going to bed, which made me feel much better because generally we're still awake at that time. Mm -hmm. So that just made me feel, I would say, 100% better because chances are she's not going to do it, you know, in the deep middle of the night. It's it's going to be with that first couple, you know, one to two hours of her falling asleep. So that made me feel better. She's on the first floor. She managed to get down the stairs without, you know, falling down the stairs. So, but still, <laughs> yes, I would, I would say it's a little bit scary. Uh, second, I posted on our story, I'm reading... Uh, a book called Untangled by Lisa Damore, and I'll put the link in our show notes. So it's basically about the, I believe, seven stages that that teenage girls go through uh, as they kind of become an adult. So starting around, you know, age 12 to, you know, when they move out of the house. 
I realize I have a five-year-old, so I'm preemptively reading this, but let me tell you, I am so glad I'm reading this because I am learning so much. I am not really good about reading nonfiction books, especially about kids. I always start them and never finish them. This book, I am flying through. I'm learning so much and I'm reading it and, and understanding my own, you know, teenage years. I'm looking back like, oh my gosh, I did that. I did that. So my idea is I'm going to read it once, highlight all the important things, and then have it kind of ready to go when she does become a teenager. But it is a must read. I highly recommend it. And then lastly, I wanted to shout out, just make sure that everyone, this is not a, this is not a what's going on with me, but make sure everyone sends their questions because we are doing our next Q&A episode in about, I don't know, at this time, maybe four weeks after this comes out. So Send us your questions, personal, nutrition-related, wellness-related, whatever it is. We've already got some really good ones. So, yeah. Some really good ones. And i yeah. that's why that's the most popular episode. Uh, that is our number one most downloaded episode is our Q&As. Is it? Yeah. People love them. Nice. Um, it's because of your questions. So send them to us. Um, slide into the DMs. Um, so I think kind of like you, I have flown through the past two books I've read, which are like top of the charts with popularity, Educated and uh, The Silent mm-hmm. Patient. The Silent Patient I read just over this past weekend, like done, start to finish. Oh my gosh, you're um, so fast. No. How did you find the time to do that? I was being a bad parent. I mean, I'm just being like, I was just like, <laughs> oh I'm gosh. in the zone. Um, Yeah, yeah. And I was staying up too late and anyway, uh, sure. but they were both really, really good. Uh, I decided in uh, COVID land, uh, COVID days, the girls have really enjoyed looking at their scrapbooks that I made for the first year of their life. And they are Mm -hmm. so cute. Like I did them both. I didn't want Piper having like second child syndrome. So I I got them both done. Um, If anything, Piper's is actually better than Shay's because I think my scrapbooking game was was upped uh, skill Mm -hmm. level wise. And so I think I'm going to make a new scrapbook. So I just ordered um, because I refused to go to the store still. I do not go to stores. Uh, I ordered from Amazon. I, I first uploaded like 43,000 pictures to Amazon Holy. photos. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Uh, that took a couple of days. <laughs> and oh my gosh. Quite a bit of uh, Wi-Fi bandwidth. Got got it done and uh, ordered some pictures from Amazon photos. So actually Amazon photos, it's like a new service of Amazon's, but it, they have really good prices. So check it out. Oh, okay. I'm going to do a scrapbook. I actually got, um, I'm scheduled time. Um, I think it's, some evening. I don't remember when, but coming up, uh, the publisher that I worked with on my third cookbook is approaching me about a fourth cookbook. And it's, um, I can't really say a whole lot. I haven't learned a whole lot yet. I am inclined very much so to say no, but it's flattering nonetheless. It's just so much work. And, um, yeah. yeah, so that's just a nice, like, oh, feels good, but probably I just, I don't have time. Yeah. It's, yeah. I just can't overcommit myself. It's yes. You can't say yes to everything. I can't yeah. say yes to everything. Yeah. Um, right. yeah. So that's about it. What's, what's mother's day recap. I don't, I have no idea. I do, Okay. Cause I'm thinking <laughs> like, I was thinking that we were going to be doing this after mother's day, but that's not, this Got is it. just before mother's day. So I don't have a yes. recap for mother's day, but, uh, do, have you seen the memes that were like, Hey, uh, husband's, your kids aren't in school, so you have 15 days to figure it. Like, they won't be coming home with something for Mother's Day, so figure <laughs> figure that out. Like, did you see that I one? I haven't seen that. I no. totally botched it, but it's so true because the kids usually come home with something super cute for Mother's Day, and dads kind of get off the hook a little bit. But um, yeah, Mark detailed my car today. He's on furlough this week. Oh, he that. he detailed my car. He did a bomb job. I was like, it's nice. like a brand new car. So That's I, so funny. 
Love Nick it. is really good at detailing too. I'm not even kidding. I got my car detailed, spent like 150 bucks. And then about two months later, it was dirty again. Nick went in there and I was like, I should have just had you do it in the first place. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So they can garden and detail. Amazing. Yeah. He's like half of Lake Michigan sand was in your car, Nicole. I was like, at least half. I mean, think of all the <laughs> memories. There you go. I mean, we had, you wouldn't even believe all the crap that was in there. So that was awesome. That was probably nice. my Mother's Day gift. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Check, check, check off the list. Works for me. <laughs> cool. All right. Awesome. So just a reminder to everyone, quick favor, if you like this podcast, please write us a review. Um, reviews on iTunes are everything to us, literally, and they really help us reach more people. So we'd appreciate it very much. And then also, of course, like I just said, send us your questions if you've got them. All right. Because as so, soon as you leave oh, a review, I'm going to screenshot it or Gina's going to screenshot it and we're going to text it one another and get like, do like <laughs> the cheers emoji or like a beer clinking glass at something like that. So <laughs> exactly. Make our day. Please. That would be great. Especially during this time. Yes. It would be lovely. All right. So, which, you know, I should say as much as I've, I've complained every single time I start complaining about like what's going on in the world right now in my life, I realize that I honestly have it so good and there is no reason to complain at all. So I, I just am very blessed. I feel very blessed uh, at the, at this point in time. So anyway, that's, <laughs> I don't know why I, I thought of saying that, but I think that's important to mention. No, we need right, some good so in the world. We need some good yeah. in the world. So absolutely. And we have a lot of going in good in the world. Like I, every time I watch the news, and I'm thankful for you, I mean, people who are working in healthcare and putting them themselves, you know, at risk every single day, I, I'm i just so thankful. I, you know, if I could do it, I would. Uh, I, I really, really would. If I didn't have, if I could, you know, put my, you know, live with my mom or live in my mom's condo for a month and just leave my kids to, you know, someone else, I would do it if I had to. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm not doing that. And I'm just so thankful for those who are doing it. I, mm -hmm. I really am. So, yeah. Okay. So we digress. Introduction. Mother's Day was last week. We're recording this a little bit early. Uh, we couldn't wait to dish with our mamas about everything from what we were like as kids. Scary. <laughs> to their own challenges being a mother. We hope you enjoy getting to know our moms and getting a glimpse of what and who made us into the moms we are today. And before we dive into actually my mom and I are going to have the first interview here. I am so terrible. I, I actually told my mom, I was like, okay, we have a time crunch. We only have 30 minutes or less to get all these questions answered. And I jumped right in and didn't even introduce my mother. Um, so I will do that now. My mom is Diane. She's amazing. She lives five minutes down the road from me, which is probably one of the reasons why our episode, our recordings ended up being a little bit shorter than yours, Nicole, because I see my mom all the time, literally all the mm -hmm. time. Uh, so we, you know, we definitely always have lots to talk about. And it was fun doing this interview with her. Um, but yes, her name is Diane. Uh, so now, you know, before we dive into our interview. All right. So I am here with my mom. I just came over to her house. She lives five minutes away, which is excellent, especially during this time. She's been very, very helpful for us and, and our kids. So we're going to start with an icebreaker. Mom, what is your favorite food of all times? Literally all time. You're asking someone who loves to eat, loves lots of flavors, tries anything. Uh, so that is a tough question. Um Probably really good Mexican or really good Italian. 
But listen to this. I love a good Reuben. <laughs> so I'm all over the map. Take me anywhere. I, I can't even tell you what a favorite food is. You did not list anything sweet. I'm very surprised. Well, that's because there's too many to list. <laughs> that's fair. Okay, another icebreaker. Where did you grow up and how many siblings do you have? I grew up in a small town in southwestern Ohio, um, and that's Wilmington. And uh, I have six brothers and sisters, but really, I only grew up with uh, my three brothers because the first three are anywhere from 10 to 12 to 15 years older. So, yeah, really, I was the girl amongst three boys. Okay, so to clarify, what's the age range? Uh, Uncle Kevin's the youngest, and I don't want to call out his age, but what is the age range between your oldest sibling and your youngest sibling? Well, what is... uh, Let me see. Yeah, 20 years. That would be 20 years. Wow. All right. That's crazy because for us, me and my brother, Joe, it was 13 years, but it was just the two of us. So 20 years. Wow. All right, mom, how many kids did you end up having and you currently, or did you have yourself? And did you want more or less uh, when you were in that age range? (laughs) Well, I think you just said there were only two of you and you were 13 years apart. So yeah, I never would have thought that I would have had two children so far apart, but that's just the way it it worked for us. Um, I think that we were young, uh, immature in a lot of ways. Um, so, you know, working full time. Um, and also for me, well, struggling with some anxiety and depression throughout my marriage, one child at a time was, was good for me. Um, I do, I do feel like it it could have been more fun for both of you having a closer sister or brother, but I I don't know. You don't, neither one of you seem to be harmed by it. You're both seem to be well-adjusted, happy, happy people. Um, So did I answer the question? I don't remember. And I think, would you agree that when you come over to our house and we have two young kids and you get a little bit distraught by that and you think to yourself, I am so glad I didn't have two young kids at one time. Would you agree with that? Yes, because again, uh, the choices that we made to continue working full time, uh, we, we, I could have stayed home, but you know, that wasn't a choice for the, for the things that we wanted in our life. So, um, uh, yeah, in finding a sitter for you, even I can remember, uh, we moved and there were different people that didn't work out. And that was so sad for me. I, I hated leaving you uh, with different people and finally settling in um, much better after you were in school. So, uh, but for Joe, we were very fortunate, your younger brother, Joe to have had uh, the consistency of one sitter for him. And that made all the difference. I've told you the story about the babysitter that I despised. Two stories. Apparently, it was the same babysitter. One time we were outside. She actually babysat two of her young kids as well as me during the day. And it was the summer. 
and we were doing crayon art out on the back deck and we left without cleaning up the crayons and we went outside probably a couple hours later and all the crayons had melted. And she, instead of bringing us to the pool that day, made us pick all of the uh, melted wax crayons off of the deck. I'll never forget that. And then the second story of her was when I told her that I thought I was going to be sick, which I didn't really even know what that meant. I think I probably just said, I don't feel good. And she said, well, make sure that you make it to the toilet before you get sick or throw up. And of course, you know, I was what, like seven or eight at the time? You were in kindergarten. Okay, so what, five or six? And I ended up throwing up on her basement uh, carpet. And she, I, I vaguely remember her making me clean it up, but maybe that's all in my head. I think I actually, what, what happened was that she scoffed and ended up cleaning it up herself. And you could just tell she was just so mad at me for not making it to the toilet in time. But anyway, not to make you feel bad, but I mean, it, it could have been much worse. There's probably much worse out there. Those are really my only two terrible memories. Otherwise, very good memories. Of my, of my babysitters. Okay, so mom, would you say that our personalities and temperaments are similar or not? And then what about my children? Uh, no, our, our personalities are different. Um, and uh, hmm. I, knew, I knew all along that you were a much uh, more assertive and confident person than I ever was. Um, I was shy, introverted, um, needed a lot of support in my being as I grew up. And I don't know, I always trace it back to being sent off to school at, at too young of an age and, and just always trying to keep up and, it, and struggling throughout school. You're talking about college, right? I'm talking about when I was very young and sent off to school. And I should have been in the class behind me. You said sent off. I thought you meant like like shipped off somewhere. You didn't go. You were local in your school, but you meant you just meant going to school. Correct. Okay. So I think there was another part to that question. Well, yeah. So do you? You're. You. I agree with you. Our temperaments are very, very different. I think we're a lot, a lot alike in some ways, but I would say in general, our temperaments are very different. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong here, but I'm more quick to make decisions and impulsive. You definitely marinate on decisions for a long, long time, almost to the point where you don't even end up making the decision. And I get frustrated by that sometimes. And you probably get frustrated by my impulsiveness. So that's fair. Uh, I'm much less sensitive than you. Uh, and I think, I know we've done an episode on Paige, The Highly Sensitive Child. And I told you about that book. As I was reading that book, that was specific to children, it really reminded me a lot of you, mom. And I even said this in the episode, you know, a lot of research that has been done on highly sensitive children says that the most important thing to have a positive is to have a, a positive upbringing and um, to be supported and really to have a parent who nurtures and loves you. Do you think that maybe since your, your parents were Full, two full-time working parents and they had so many kids and they probably didn't really understand what highly sensitive even meant. Do you think that that maybe kind of hurt you in the long run a little bit? I do. And having learned more about um, being a sensitive child, uh, my mother was the opposite. And I think she did not understand me. And I think that I had qualities that really drove her crazy about my father. So, and she was 
uh, overwhelmed, I think, a lot in those years because she had the older group of kids that were graduated, getting married, and then she had this younger group still needing uh, her full attention. Um, so it was a little chaotic. It, I have to say it was a little chaotic, and that wasn't something that I needed. I didn't realize that. So grandma was almost like me, or she wasn't real sensitive, so she didn't really understand your neediness and your sensitivities. And that's how I feel like with Paige. So I was so blessed to find that book because after reading it, it was like a light bulb went off and it's really helped me parent her better, I feel like. And understand you a little bit better too, to be fair. Um, let's see. Okay. All right. So let's move on. So tell our listeners what I was like as a baby and a toddler, if you can remember that far. <laughs> I, well, as a baby, you were in my family like an only grandchild because all the other grandchildren were older and you were spoiled. Uh, but everyone was drawn to you because you were a happy baby. You were animated. You never met a stranger. And your language skills always um, surprised people. I can remember our neighbor on the court where we where you grew up, partially, partially grew up. You would ride your little two-wheel bike around and go to the door and talk in such an adult manner can Jessica come out and play? And I could see you standing and having a conversation with her mother, uh, who, you know, later said, it's like I'm talking to you or, or the another adult. <laughs> so that's what you were like. That was, of course, when you were a toddler. And so going on from infancy, yeah, you were a good baby. Um, absolutely. But being a, a toddler and a, a preschooler, Again, just that happy attitude. Um, my brother used to uh, just adore having you pose for him when he would take photographs of you because he would say, okay, now look like you're really scared. And then you would make this face and then really happy or excited. He just loved doing that with you. He still loves me. And actually, Jessica, who is still, I'm Facebook friends with her, my friend from when I was growing up on that court. It's her birthday today, just an FYI. I just saw a picture of her that her mom posted of her as a kid. She was so cute. Okay, so baby toddler, what about my teenage years? I know it's really hard to go back to that tumultuous time, but <clears throat> can you tell our listeners what I was like as a teenager, if you dare? Well, I think, again, you were happy and uh, extroverted, but I could see that in middle school, you did become more sensitive to what other people were thinking about you. And middle school can be a very, very rough time. Um, so with that said, I think it was a good thing that at that time I was able to transfer you to the private school where I actually was, had just gotten a job as a school nurse and it was an all girls school. And the more I learned about the culture at the all girls school, I thought it would be a good fit for you. And it, it, it turned out to be a good thing. Um, 
and then getting uh, now we're talking into high school. Now those are different. Those are different years for a mother and a daughter because you're so influenced by your peers. And um, you know, having said that, the private school was good for you. Uh, I do think that those were rough years in a lot of ways because not only were you coming into your own and resisting, you know, parents, but you were um, also uh, stressed more, I think, in that academic setting that you were in. So while the school was good for you, um, it brought out some ways of dealing with stress in you that, of course, weren't that healthy. I, I, and I bet all teens that become stressed in life, whether it's academics or other issues, try different things that aren't healthy. I don't know what you're referring to, but <laughs> I just want to say I, I wish you would have had this book that I brought over. It's called Untangled Guiding Teenage Girls Through the Seven Transitions into Adulthood by Lisa Damore. And I just finished reading it. It is amazing. I realize my daughter is only five and a half, um, but I wanted to read it now just to kind of get an idea of what's to come. I highlighted a lot of passages, um, but I'll probably read it again when she you know, becomes probably in middle school. But the biggest thing in there is that, I'll, that I took from this book. Um, I mean, one of the biggest things is that it is very normal for your teenager to resent you and to push back, especially with the mom and really to be downright mean. To the mom. And she makes it clear that actually, if your teenage girl isn't like that, there might be something wrong. So if that makes you feel better, <laughs> I was very normal. So those tears were worth it when you would leave the house and I would break down. <laughs> yes, I was healthy. <laughs> now, of course, it does talk about things that your teenager shouldn't do, which I know I did a lot of those, including having an eating disorder, which is not normal. Um, but um, I, I persevered through that. I actually read there. There's a whole section about eating disorders in here. And it actually said, I wish I would have saved the page, but I think it said the majority of, of girls. Oh, here it is. I'll read the passage. Um, this actually kind of shocked me. Uh, let's see. Among girls, eating disorders usually start during adolescence and recovery rates for these disorders are alarmingly low. It doesn't give a specific, but oh, nearly a third of people who develop an eating disorder continue to suffer from the disorder for at least 10 to 20 years after being diagnosed. I am very thankful that was not me. Oh. Um, so yeah, that's, we won't get into that. We've had a whole episode about eating disorders in the past, but here you go. Mom. Tell me what about this book that you want me to take away. <laughs> I think what I just said, you know, me being the I mean, I know I was not kind. I was not a kind teenager. I can remember saying things to you that were probably very hurtful. My daughter says things to me now that hurt my feelings. And I don't even think she realizes what she was saying. And I knew exactly what I was saying to you when I was a teenager. I can't imagine having some of the things that I said to you said to me. So I think, I don't know, knowing that it's normal and the things, I think some of the ways you reacted um, to my behavior and some of the things that you did that you maybe thought were beneficial reading through this book. I, I, I see a lot of the, the stuff that you did that maybe actually wasn't as beneficial as you thought it would be. For example, lecturing or trying to explain why this is good and bad in the long run isn't good um, 
for a teenager. It's not helpful at all. In fact, it can sometimes backfire. Yeah, I think that uh, what you're doing here with looking at this book is, I mean, you always, always are looking ahead and learning. And I wish, yeah, I can see that this book probably would have helped me um, as a sensitive person, um, especially, and, and all of the other things that you're continually teaching me that I realize, gee, I wish I would have had that information. <laughs> well, you and anyone else, I mean, they're always coming out with new stuff. So it's, it's, a, it's a great read and I'm, I feel lucky that I, that I have it. All right. So teenage years done. What was your biggest challenge as a mom when I was growing up? And what's your biggest challenge now as a Mimi? Oh, boy. Biggest challenge as a, when you were growing up. Well, I think uh, just for me, um, being in this um, mode with my uh, anxiety and depression, uh, it hurt my marriage. And I think I didn't realize that it might be hurting you. I, I don't know. Um, so that was always in the back of my mind. I didn't want my anxiety and depression to affect you. And um, so I think, I think, you know, just all of the things that I overthink and I over um, dwell and um, yeah, r- ruminate. So that that's part of it. So getting into therapy off and on and trying to stay in therapy is something that's uh, always with me. Um, with this social distancing, I've had to um, stop therapy for a while recently, but have been um, now invited back because I think they're trying to get people in. So I will be going back because I'm always trying, you know, to um, heal myself from some of the things that, that scarred me, I think. Uh, So anyway, that's a whole other loop there. Um, So challenges are just because of my, I think, mental health issues. Other than that, what was the next question, Gina? Yeah. Your biggest challenge as a grandma or Mimi, like they call you. (laughs) Well, being a Mimi who is now alone because, you know, your father and I did end up getting a divorce. um, That's a challenge in a lot of ways for me. Not not challenge, just um, missing someone else to enjoy the children with me. And I think you know, having both grandparents is kind of a fun thing. You can do things together in that way. So, um, but other than that, I just, I uh, don't, can't think of any real challenges other than just hoping that I'm uh, giving, giving you and them what, what you need. And you are for sure. All right. So how, oh, is there anything you would do, you would have done differently as a mom looking back? Uh, oh boy, differently. I don't, I don't know what I would have done differently because I did, I I did do what 
what the cards were given me. Uh, I, you know, I had to deal with what, what was there. Yeah. So, hmm. That's a really hard one for me to say. Uh, I, I would have read this book. I would have read a lot more. And I don't even know that these resources were out there. Yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah. So, um, I don't know, Gina. <laughs> okay. So you listen to our podcast. I'm just curious what you think about the whole intuitive eating portion of our podcast. And with that in mind and kind of what we talked about with our raising an intuitive eater episode. I don't know if you listened to it, but not to put you on the spot, but is there anything with relating to food and health and um, self-confidence that maybe you would have done a little bit differently when raising, especially me? (laughs) Yeah, I would have um, not talked about my issues with food in front of you because I did have a kind of a body image issue. Well, not kind of. I did have a body image issue. I might argue that you still do. <laughs> well, even though she's bomb, she's got a bomb body. <laughs> I don't think so. You do. No, I've always exercised. Um, yeah, so maybe I maybe I still do. Um, and yeah, I'm about ten pounds overweight, but. I'm dealing with it, and you've taught me a lot. Um, and the intuitive eating, I'm, I need to go back to and always remember and rehearse. And it, it probably is a constant battle for me in a lot of ways. So add that to my issues. <laughs> no, not an issue. Um, I, I think specifically, the one thing that stands out for me growing up is your use of the scale. Uh, I just remember you always getting on that scale and and seeing how much you weigh and uh, and I think that that did affect me. So I've vowed to never have a. I don't weigh myself anyway. Um, I just don't care what I weigh. I mean, I have to get on the scale once a year when I go to the doctor. Uh, it just doesn't it doesn't matter to me, and it has taken me a long time to get to this place. So I'm trying to um, impart that feeling and of body respect to you as well. Not to say that I don't have some body image issues. No one, I don't think there's anyone out there who can say they have zero body image issues, um, whether it's about the, how much they weigh or anything about their body. Um, okay. Yeah. Mine is, uh, as I've come full circle to realize it's self-love that I don't have. Um, I'm getting, I'm trying to get there. Um, having the divorce did not help. And that was a setback. And it's every day, again, I have to, uh, you know, stoke and stroke my positive, uh, my positives, things about me that I can love. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's good advice for, for anyone. Okay, so how would you describe me as a mom? I think you are a great mom. I think that you uh, are really careful. You've you've prepped yourself well. You educated yourself in every way possible, but you don't overdo it either. Um, and you don't punish yourself for you. You let things roll so much better than I do. 
um, or I did, or I still do, whatever. So I think that um, your kids are going to be the beneficiaries of this attitude that is reasonable, rational, um, and uh, loving. Yeah. That's very sweet. So the question then is from you, which I'm going to read for you. Let's just pretend, well, you can say it. What sort of mothering skills did you learn from me, Gina? Oh, well, let me answer that. I'm realizing, and I don't necessarily remember this growing up, but when I, sometimes you'll do something with my kids and and it'll spark a memory. You are really creative. I mean, she'll come into our house and say, why are you throwing that away? You can do this. Or why are you using this for that? The kids could do this with it. And things that I would never think of, nor care to even do. But I appreciate that about you. And actually, you're lately, you've been really into boxes and having my kids do stuff with boxes, which again, I don't ever think about. We always just, you know, collapse the boxes and throw them in the recycling just without even thinking anything of it. Do you recall, I, I'm, I'm having this vivid memory of making a, a microwave out of a box and that was probably your idea. I think I remember like cut it, you cut the hole to make a little door and we had the little numbers on the side. And yesterday when you were, we were, they were playing with the box, I had this memory of that. And I just thought that was the coolest thing. And I think sometimes I, because I think that's super lame now. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're not going to like that. Oh my gosh, they would love that. They, they, they took a box and made themselves a robot out of it. And it was just, they made a slide out of it yesterday. You know, things that adults wouldn't think anything of, but as a kid, it's the best thing in the world. Like tic-tac-toe. What a dumb game. The kids love it. I mean, <laughs> it's impossible. If, if you really know how to play it, it's impossible to lose, right? But when you're a kid, you have no idea. I mean, it's just fun. So I had to remember that and you helped me remember that kind of stuff. Let's face it. I think I, 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 I'm most relaxed when I can be a kid. And I love tapping into that. Uh, it, it reminds me of when I was growing up, Gina, we did not have so much of what your kids have, or even you had. We couldn't just buy something uh, and then use it a little bit and then throw it away or whatever. I, and I've told you this before, you know, today's society is much more throwaway than we ever could afford to be. So, and growing up with my brothers and having, you know, limited resources, we had to be creative and crazy and uh, nutty. Uh, we, we made a, a spook house in our basement. I mean, it just, just, I could go on and on and on, but again, it was just really lack of resources. <laughs> so I can tap into the, that child that I was when I'm with your kids. Yeah. You're good at it because I don't, I, I'm just not a creative person. I mean, I have some creativity with other things, but not that kind of stuff. So I appreciate that. All right. Last question. If there was one thing, now it is still COVID-19 time. We are, even though we're not on lockdown technically here in Ohio still, we're still advised strongly not to leave or go anywhere. But um, I guess if there was one thing you, I could give you for Mother's Day, what would it be? <laughs> oh, gee. <laughs> that... You said something about taking a vacation somewhere when you were going to go. I, I like a trip to you know, stay in a B and B and go to New York with Paige oh, yeah. or something. Yeah, and your friend who has the the B and is getting the B and B set up, something like that. Really, just just time with you because I I love to be with you. <laughs> 
Okay, we'll have to do that. Amanda, if you're listening, we want to um, rent your Airbnb and uh, with you there, of course, that would be a lot of fun. And actually, speaking of time with me, you're actually going to be having a sleepover with Paige tonight. I don't know if you remember that, but she's already packed her bag. <laughs> How could I forget that? All right, mom, we thank you so much. And uh, I love you. I love you too. One more thing. I used to love to hug you and you always resisted it. (laughs) I still resist it sometimes. Okay. Can I just really quick say, I'll never forget when I told you I love you and you said that I say it too much. Do you remember that? No. You said I say it to the point where it doesn't even mean anything. This was not that long ago. This was probably like three years ago. You're like, Gina, stop saying I love you all the time. You say it to the point where I don't even think you mean it. You said this to me. All right, we're going to end on that. I love you. I just don't like people. I don't know to say it all the time on the phone and everything. I love you, love you, love you. I get sick of it, but you can say it whenever you want. I heart you. All right, goodbye. All right, this is Nicole here, joined with my mom, the beautiful Jan. (laughs) Good morning, everyone. Good morning here, but we don't know what time they're listening. Uh, oh, okay. So yeah, Mother's Day just passed, uh, and we've got some questions uh, for you. So, Mom, jumping right in, what is mm-hmm. your favorite food of all time? Favorite food of all times? That's a difficult one because I have so many. I love, I love the experience of food and wine and the company that I'm with for that meal. So I think if I'm in Michigan, for instance, visiting my daughter, I'm at a brewery and I'm having fun doing fun things with the grandkids and talking to friends and and just having a good time. And if I'm out on a romantic date, I want red wine and uh, soft lights. How's that for an answer, huh? So it depends. Okay. All right. It depends. It depends. You have to be in the mood for your food. Yeah, yeah, kind of. It, it kind of all flows together. You're so complicated. No, I'm, I'm, mm. but you're not a picky eater at all. You, you, you no, do, not you kinda, at all. You like it all. That's good. Um, yes. Where did you grow up and how many siblings did you have? Well, for the first 10 years, I would say Des Moines, Iowa, and Chicago. But from the age of 10 on and still, Oak Park, Illinois, which is just next to Chicago. So most of my life, just right here, haven't moved. And one sibling, one brother, seven years my senior, who now also lives in Oak Park. Yep. Yep. Kind of crazy. And Mm -hmm. you and dad still live in my childhood home anyway. How many years has dad lived in that house? Since 1973. So how many years is that? You can do the bath better. Yeah. It's been a long time. Oh my gosh. Long time. Long time. Long time. Yep. So looking back, um, how many kids, well, you, you just, we, you had two, my brother and I, and then how many would you say that you, you wanted? Um, did you want more? Did you want less? I think that, um, you know, what is the average 2.3, something like that. So I always kind of use that as a, as a gauge, but, um, I knew two for sure and possibly three. But I think after uh, your brother was born and you guys were four years apart, which we were hoping for less than that, but we had a miscarriage in between. So I think by the time Rob was born, I think uh, I think we were we were happy there and we stopped. 
Mm-hmm. And you always, I remember during my pregnancies, you were always amazed at the number of ultrasounds that I had. And, you know, I had a mm. few more just because I was overweight. I had fertility treatments. There was a couple of reasons for that. Um, but you said you never, you didn't even know our gender, right? Um, yours, I did not know. I never had an ultrasound with you at all. In fact, I asked my OB at that time why I wasn't getting one like all the other pregnant women I knew. And he just said, there's no reason to. You only need an ultrasound if you're in a high-risk category. But there was absolutely no reason for me to have one. So I kind of was kind of sad about that. But his his answer I liked. So I, I went along with that. So no, we did not know your identity. With Rob, I did have an ultrasound because I didn't know exactly when he was due. And they they caught the evidence and asked me if I wanted to know. And I tried to talk myself out of it, but I didn't. <laughs> so I knew he was a boy. Interesting. Um, and I, yeah, I work with a dietitian who um, she has seven children. And she oh, always gosh. likes to say, yeah, she said, you know, if God oh. wanted me to know what was going on in there, he would have put a window. I always think I that's just, like that. Yeah, it's she was just not one to get ultrasounds. And, you know, I know a lot of genetic testing. Most women, many women um, deny, um, you know, that, that opportunity. And, um, you know, that's a personal decision if it's not going to change the outcome of, of the, preg- you know, you know, them, conti- you know, continuing with the pregnancy. Many women choose not to, you know, complete that. I was one of those for sure. Um, but yeah, that's an interesting perspective. Uh, all right. Kind of shifting to, I would say our personalities, you and I, uh, personalities and temperaments, would you say we are similar or not so much? I would say we're similar. Um, I think we're both kind of witty and, and fun. I think anybody would, would kind of describe us both as fun. Probably you more so than me, because you are the epitome of the party girl. Um, but I also recall the work hard, play hard uh, philosophy that you went to college with. I don't know that that necessarily <laughs> applies to me, but I, uh, when, I, when I'm when i focused on work, I can focus on work and I, I still enjoy a good time as well. So I think to different degrees, but yes, I think we are similar. Mm-hmm. What about my girls, Shay and Piper? Do you relate more to one or the other? No, I love them both. Um, I think they have very specific personalities. They're very different. And yet I think they're going to be a lot alike. I love the fact that they're just going to grow up so close in age that they will always be a little twosome, a twosome to be reckoned with already there to be reckoned with. Um, but I think Shay's just more the uh, the touchy feely lover girl. And I think Piper's just kind of the outward crazy girl, you know, and uh, together they make a winning team. Mm -hmm. Tell our listeners what I was like as a baby. What you were like as a baby. Oh, you were happy. Everybody loved you. You were a charmer. I took you everywhere with me in this molded plastic car seat that was popular at that time. And I could just wear that obnoxious large thing on my hip and just we could just travel wherever we wanted uh, on top of countertops when we were checking out of stores to inside the cart at the grocery store and to our business that your father and I owned at the time you came to work and you were the the favorite you were 
what is it when they had the dog? You know, you were kind of like the little mascot or something mm-hmm. of the store, and everybody knew when they came in in the morning, you would be there and awake and charming everybody. So we we had a lot of good times. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of good times in those early years. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, it's interesting to to hear about myself in those early days. What about as a toddler? Any any memories there? As a toddler, I mean, you were still happy-go-lucky. Um, you were always easy. You had a good temperament. Um, no drama, I wouldn't say, other than usual. Um, yeah, just uh, just a happy-go-lucky kid, I think. Was I a little mischievous? I remember the time that I dug in the garbage can and cut my hand on a, can, a lid lid to a can and got stitches. Was I was that just a one off or was, was I pretty fluke. mischievous? Yeah, okay. That was a fluke. I mean, normally we had the house very much uh, childproofed. You and I were sitting in the sunroom. I remember it quite well. We were sitting on the floor watching Sesame Street, which we did quite a bit of. And you left me sitting there watching Sesame Street and you disappeared for a while. And I didn't think too much of it. I knew the house was safe. I I wasn't counting on you going garbage picking. So, uh, yeah, you came back wearing a, a can on your hand. Like it scared me to death. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh yeah, I I do remember that. I still have the scar. Um, yeah, I don't yeah. even I don't even think I've had stitches since then, other than after my delivery with Shay. But I don't really recall that. But yeah, I I don't think I've had stitches since then. Well, count your blessings. Yeah, not complaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about my teenage years? Uh, and do you think my kids will be better or worse than I was? Well, I mean, the world has changed so much, I feel, since you were a teenager, I was a teenager, and what, what Shay and Piper will be like as teenagers, I I just think there's so much more danger and temptation and, and pitfalls, and just, I worry about that. But as far as you as a teenager, I think, uh, I think you were a good student. Um, I think... Uh, I think you had your core group of friends. I think you were happy, not not as much as in college, but you know, you you know, I think as a teenager you were fine and you know, you had to, your what one or two boyfriends that uh, kind of carried you through there and yeah, pretty pretty low key I think. I think the girls will give you more uh more more uh, grief than you gave me. Mhm. Yeah, time will tell, I guess. I I do remember I was always a very good student. I always really enjoyed um, just kind of that, yeah, birth order, responsible. You know, I I don't remember you and dad ever being like, you need to go study. I mean, I was just always self-directed in that way and really Mm -hmm. enjoyed getting good grades. But um, yeah, I can think back to like, what about like when I started playing hockey? Because I always like to say, I always tell you, I'm like, I so enjoy hockey now. Because the people I play with actually don't mind having a girl on the team. Whereas when I was growing up, my team would try and hurt me in practices. So that, mm-hmm. and that was so hard. Like I, I remember being not happy in high school and how much happier I was in college. And I don't think I even knew at the time how unhappy I was in college, in, in high school. Um, it, it was just for me kind of. It was tough, like whether it was a popularity contest or struggling with my weight or, yeah, kind of the social drama of hockey and the physical, you know, drama, too. It was that was just a lot. 
Oh. Yeah. Well, I think when um, when hockey was first mentioned after you fulfilled your figure skating career <laughs> and was ready to springboard into hockey, when I came home one day from work after talking to Mr. Ruby at the ice rink and telling him how I wished, how my daughter wished, he, women played hockey or he had a team for the girls, he said, well, I do. Tell her to come Monday after school. And when I told you that, your face just lit up and that was the beginning of the hockey career and it hasn't stopped since. Going back to the boys and the tryouts, as soon as, as, soon as the tryouts came and they checked you and you went down, we knew that it was time <laughs> to leave that hockey rink and find you a women's team and we did and we mm -hmm. we would take your way out to where was it glen ellen or mm -hmm. yeah glen ellen, and for what was the chiefs yep. right yep chiefs so um, yeah yeah it was it was a lot i mean that was a huge i would huge say part of your life yeah my junior and senior year playing travel hockey um mm -hmm. it was a lot because i think we had practices twice a week and if we it was a like a home game weekend i, I think we would often have games saturday and sunday um so, yeah, I think it was not it was probably more common than not that we were traveling four days a week for hockey. Mm -hmm. And on the weekends, it was often out of state. It would be Iowa or Detroit or, um, yeah, I mean, all over Illinois. I mean, mostly in the suburbs and whatnot. But in Chicago, you know, 60 miles, you might as well uh, be going to California, it seems like. Um, <laughs> that became a huge part of your life. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. that definitely took over in those later years. Yeah. And I still wear Rob's shoulder pads. I don't know if you know that. I've played oh hockey. Oh, my goodness. I don't know how many years it's been. I started playing when I was 13, and I'm 34, almost 35. So almost 22 years I've had those shoulder pads. You're getting um, kind of old. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, uh, Glad I'm not. Yeah, exactly. Um, you just had a birthday. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. I lost my spot. What was your biggest challenge as a mom when I was growing up? My biggest challenge. My biggest challenge was just keeping the household running. Uh, meals, shopping, homework, uh, just just everything, just everything. I think I just was wound a little bit too tight, but I was very much a, a structured person and felt that structure was necessary and um, just kind of keeping it all together, I think. Mm -hmm. It was a lot to, to keep together and yeah. still work full time. Yeah. And you did a great job of it. Absolutely. I, I think structure was um, you ran a tight ship for sure. Um, and, and not in a bad way. I, I, I at the time can remember being, you know, why does blah, blah, blah get to do that? And um, you would just say, well, I'm not blah, blah, blah's mom, you know, <laughs> or, mm -hmm. you know, one of your every child gets what every child needs. But mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, you ran a tight ship and I, I didn't appreciate it at the time, but I, I do now. I think structure is very important and children don't have blurred, you know, their expectations are not blurred when you're consistent. Um, and I think that's helpful. What about now? Um, so you've got a 30 year old and a me, a 34 year old. What are your biggest challenges now as a mom or maybe as a grandma? You've got three granddaughters, five, four, five, three, and one. Isn't that wonderful? I just love that. 
I, I love the spacing and I call uh, Shay and Piper my two blonde beauties and Ava my little brown eyed beauty. Mm-hmm. So I've got them both. Um, I uh, I have no challenges except to see them more and get more time with them. And of course, with the epidemic, that is uh, epidemic, pandemic, pandemic. Did I say that right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's made it, it's made it really difficult. So I am just yearning to see all three of them, and um, so look forward to the time when that's going to be possible again. But as far as challenges, I know that they're in good hands. I I don't have to worry about that if. If I was worried, if if they weren't in good hands, I would definitely be worried. But I, I, I for, fortunately, that is not a concern of mine. So I, I can, I can relax, and I just want to enjoy them more. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Uh, what about looking back as a mom? Anything that you wish you would have done differently? I think going back to that structure and and being wound kind of tight, I I, kind of wish that I would have eased it a little bit more and just kind of been a little bit more fluid, to use your word, or just a little bit more relaxed about it and maybe not held on to that structure quite as tight and just had some more um, spontaneous moments. Uh, to do th- something and to have a little bit more fun. Yeah. yeah. I think with your father's hours at times and, you know, commitments and whatnot, it, it's difficult to find that time and kind of get away more. But I wish we would have gotten away more than we did and, you know, enjoyed one another a little bit more. Tried like camping or, you know, something kind of really outside our norm. You don't think going to Great America and roughing it uh, was uh, camping enough? Well, no, it wasn't any of our ideas of a good time, but it sure makes for some good stories at family gatherings. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So for those who, all of you who don't know what we're talking about, my father, um, we grew up going to a racetrack in a very large and well-known racetrack in, where in in, uh, Wisconsin? Sheboygan. Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Road America. Road America. Yeah. And uh, is it stock car racing? Is that what it's called? I don't know. I don't know. Well, he raced a 68 Corvette that was, um, you know, he had had for many, 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 many years. And this was complete hobby for him. And we would show up every year with our rinkety uh, flatbread trailer. And, you know, we were like the the poor people rolling in. You know, all these people had semis with lifts and all these cars and teams of people and I mean, all this fancy equipment. And I mean, this this was their life. I mean, this was their hobby, their profession, their passion, their. Oh, they took the whole family out. They took the dog out. They had a pit crew. They had a kitchen. They had TVs. I mean, yeah, they were decked out and we looked a little out of place. And we had a pop up tent that dad quickly informed us was to keep the engine cool. That was not meant for us. (laughs) Well, Well, you missed the part about every year it was 98 to 103. And we were always up in the nosebleed section mm-hmm. and it was hotter than Hades up there. And when he finally got that pop up tent, we all breathed a sigh of relief. At least we would get a little break from the sun until he put the pop up tent over the Corvette <laughs> and there was no room for us. And after that story was told so many times and he was shamed so many times, he bought a second pop up tent for us. So generous. Oh, yeah. Do you remember the year we had matching T-shirts? 
Oh, you were in college. I, I have a picture of us, and we are kind of cute. I have to. I have to say, and we all still have our T-shirts. Oh my gosh, Nelson's racing team, wasn't it? Yeah, something like that. It was something like that. Yeah, that, that was our. Uh, those were our vacations. Yeah, and uh, good memories. <laughs> good memories. Um, yeah, it, not not the R and R. I mean, I was. I knew how to operate a wench by the time I was like ten, probably. Um, See there. Oh my god! Never know when you might not, might need to know how to operate a wench, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh my <laughs> goodness, <laughs> too funny. All right. So, if you are describing me as a mom, um, since you've known my motherhood since the start, how would you mm-hmm. describe me? Oh my gosh, I think you're kind of all over the place. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen you be very strict, although not often, but. The kids know when you mean business. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think you're very easygoing. I think you let the little stuff just slide and don't make a big deal about it, which I think is good. Um, the girls are well balanced. They're, you know, um, I think Mark has had to adjust a little bit to your style. Um, but uh, I think I think you've got a wonderful style. I think it's a good balance of. Uh, Business and and a party, you know, business and social, uh, setting the limits, um, making small allowances, and um, otherwise just business as usual. The girls know what's expected of them, I think, and they, uh, I think they've done very good. I think everybody's done good. Mm-hmm. Good, good job. Thanks, mom. Yeah, it's it's. I I don't know how I describe my parenting, so it's interesting. Um, and I don't disagree. Uh, so we've got a question, uh, I guess, for for Gina and I here from from you. What sorts mm. of mothering skills did we learn? Um, and I would I would say structure, I, I think, and, and in the best way possible um, and I, not to overuse it, but I do appreciate and now find uh, the importance of every child gets what every child needs. You know, families and and children are all, um, we're all different and we do Mm -hmm. have different strengths. We have different opportunities. And I think rather than highlighting the challenges with those, it's, it's leaning into the reality of that and, and finding a way to adapt the parenting style, the family unit around those differences, just acknowledging them and, and taking them for what they are that, you know, that's what, makes the world a beautiful place is our differences. And if we were all the same, uh, that that's not a place any of us would want to be. So, um, you know, rather than trying to change those things, it's, it's learning to adapt and grow with them. Um, and, and yeah, recognizing the, the differences um, in people for what they are, I think. And I, you do a great job of that. So I would say I definitely learned that from you. I think you have a great work ethic just in general. I, I think you tend to be a, a glass half full. And I think earlier in your life, you would say it was just being naive. You know, like you said, um, this is our second time recording, by the way. So we, I think maybe the first time we recorded, you said, you know, you just with you didn't your mom passed when you were seven. Mm-hmm. And um you know, your dad was just a very quiet, gentle man, and he wasn't probably the one to really step in and, and coach you along. So you didn't really have that, um, you know, figure in your life to to teach you, per se, how to be a mom. And so I think that you just learned as you went and, and you did what you had to do. I, I think you're just a, a nose to the grindstone kind of person and and you don't spend a lot of time 
you know, wallowing in in what could be or what you want. And you 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 play the 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 deck you were dealt. And I think that's a good thing. Yes, I would I would say that's absolutely correct. I, I feel very blessed. I feel very blessed in that um parenting was just for me kind of a learned um experience and you just kind of wing it you just kind of go with common sense you go you know we i don't know that i had any any guidance or we weren't really close to a lot of other families i don't feel i just uh, kind of moved along with what seemed to be right and most of the time it worked so mm -hmm. I, I, for that reason i just feel blessed i feel blessed that you and rob were both pretty easygoing and kids with no nothing special nothing you know no special needs nothing that would challenge me more than i was already challenged mm -hmm. i guess so i um so yeah i uh, it was a lovely experience it's, parenthood it's, is awesome and it's and hard enough as your, is right <laughs> It's hard enough as is, and to go back to your each child gets what each child needs. I think you're going to find that if I have a, a silver ball in front of me. I think with Piper and Shay, I think they are going to be very different, and I think you're going to find that their needs are going to be very different as they continue to grow up, and it'll be interesting to see if I'm right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that Piper. She is... <laughs> She keeps me laughing and Shay just keeps my love tank full. You know, it's I, I think yeah. Shay and I are almost so similar in a lot of ways. Um, I, she could be the one I butt heads with. I, I, I she is she and I are just so similar where Piper mm -hmm. just and I, I don't know. Is there something about the babies of the family that they just kind of get off the hook with stuff? Because I find that to be a little bit true with Piper, something that I would hold Shay accountable for. And it could just be that Shay's older. But with Piper, I'm just kind of like, eh, you're cute and young. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's some truth to that. I, I think, you know, with your first child, you're always you're definitely much more on top of them than the second. And for those parents that have seven and eight, I don't even want to. Oh, I can't imagine. I don't under. I, it blows my mind. I applaud them. I, I've got a maintenance guy that has seven and he's sheltered at home. And when we talk to him on the phone, it sounds like Grand Central over there. I'm thinking by the time he gets back to work, he's going to think we're a vacation. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I To me, Monday mornings now are a vacation, right? It's like, oh, <laughs> I get to go to work and, and drop these kiddos off at daycare. Like this is, oh. yeah, I, I never used to like Mondays until I had two moving needy children at home and then the weekends suddenly get, can get a little long especially if you're living the covid life um all right so mother's day is passed by the time this airs but um what what is one thing i could give you for mother's day oh golly i don't need anything babe what i need is my family i just want my family that's all i need that's all i want it would be awesome if we could be together. I don't know if that's going to be possible, but that would be uh, a hope. And if not on Mother's Day, uh, the next available day. The next available. Maybe maybe a cold beer. Yeah, yeah. Or a, I, or a glass I miss of my wine. Breweries at, <laughs> I, miss, I miss coming to Michigan. I miss the breweries. They are so fun. I talk about them so often, how much fun it is, the camaraderie that is there and and just the, the casual atmosphere in which anybody can just kind of enjoy. I just, yeah, that's something we just totally relate to Michigan. Uh, beer. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. nothing else. Just it's got to be the beer and the and the brewery and the camaraderie, and they just go together. It's an experience. Yeah, yeah. We kind of have the the summer summer brewery scene. It is, mm-hmm. it is special for sure. It's and it, it it's, is. It's a lot of fun. Kind of like you opened up saying it, it's you know the beer is a part of it, but it's it's really just the atmosphere and the friendship mm-hmm. and, and the social <laughs> probably more. I mean, we'll appreciate it all the more after. Uh, after this oh pandemic gosh, passes, yes. but yeah, it's, it's so fun. Um, and the inclusiveness because yeah. the parents can bring the kids, bring mm-hmm. the grandparents, bring the dog, bring, you know, yeah, nobody gets left out. There's something there for everyone. And it's just awesome. Yeah. Well, mom, I so appreciate you being your, your podcast debut, being on the show <laughs> and sharing all about my rearing and my motherhooding up to this point. And I just love you to pieces and uh, happy belated Mother's Day. Thank you, babe. Love you too. Sure enjoy listening to you and Gina. It comes up every Sunday morning for me. So while I'm getting ready to check into my my church service on my computer, I'm listening to the dietitian's dish. Perfect. Well, we appreciate you being on the show and love you. Love you. All right, so time for mom wins or favorite new products or recipes. Nicole, what do you got? Uh, I've been really into wraps lately. A little bit of a guilty pleasure. We've been using carry out like once a week just to break up the monotony sure. of life. Uh, yeah. And I've kind of been gravitating towards wraps Um And so I decided I'm going to make one at home. So it was an Asian, Asian chicken wrap and um, used rotisserie chicken cabbage, um, uh, like a homemade kind of Asian-y dressing. And I don't, I think that was like it. And I, I'm blanking because I filled this out a, a while ago, but it was, it was so noteworthy. I quickly added it to our show notes, uh, but I just threw it in a flour tortilla and rolled it on up. Mark says I have mad skills when it comes to, he's like, you're pretty good ooh. at that. I'm like, ooh, I could go work in the kitchen. Um, I'm like, duh, I, food's my thing, dude. Like, come on. Um, but I just yeah. served it with like some, I don't even remember, like baked oven fries, but it was so good. So I'm posting the recipe. Yum. That sounds delicious. We delicious. have an Asian chicken wrap where I work and it has edamame, cabbage, and then like a chili, like a red chili sauce on it. And then what else? But it's really, really good. Like Your dining is like five-star dining. Like it's, it is. Those it's students, are like, what yeah. I ate was it was like jail food compared to what you guys are <laughs> like literally I ate turkey sandwiches salad bar or a Belgian waffle every day for four years okay no, that's not and true. yet as long as students, I live in the dorms <laughs> student, yeah students still find a way to say we don't have enough variety which floors me it really really does whatever Anyway, okay, so I am still hooked on kombucha like I, hardcore at to the point where I'm buying it in bulk at the store. And when I say bulk, instead of buying like the single serve containers, I'm buying the giant gallon container of it. That's what I mean by bulk. And also Cameron is obsessed with it. And it's so cute the way he says it. I want my kombucha. Oh, (laughs) it's the sweetest thing. So, you know, technically, I think that they say that there could be a little bit of alcohol in it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And but I'm not too concerned about it. I whatever. If I'm dehydrated, I feel a slight buzz after I drink kombucha. Do you? I've never. Interesting. Well, Nick drinks it and he is, you know, off alcohol for the past, you know, two, three years. And I 
haven't been hasn't been an issue since or yet. So I don't know. Um, actually, it's funny that show you on Netflix. Have you ever seen that? No, I've never even heard it's of it. It's the stupidest show. It's I don't even want to get into it. It's but anyway, no stupider than the crap I've been watching. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's I would say it's it's like right in the middle of totally stupid to totally amazing. But anyway, <laughs> I'm still watching it. It's 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 good enough for the time being. Anyway, there's a guy on there who's an alcoholic, and he started drinking instead of drinking beer. He drinks what well, he 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 drinks kombucha, and he calls it the booch. And I didn't know what he meant for the longest time. And now I realize he's talking about kombucha. But anyway, that's stupid. A stupid story. But I just, I always think about that. The, the booch. So Nick and I call it booch. And then lastly, I bought the newest flavor of Chobani yogurt, which is the lemon. Hold on. It's, it's actually not just lemon. It's called something lemon, but it's lemon. Okay. And it is delicious. It's like a lemon tart if I crumbled a little bit of graham cracker crumb on top of it, it would be like eating a lemon tart. It is so good. Have you mm. had it yet? No. Okay. You got to try it. But I also haven't tried anything new because I'm not going to the, I'm not going to store it. Like I'm going nowhere. So oh, I am. Unless uh, it's. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I go with my, with my mask and everything. Yeah. I, I do it oh, safe. Yeah. But my, Mine's just more conceptual at this point that I have no desire to go. I don't know. Yeah. Just it's dealing like with the crazies. Escape getting out. I have to get like every Thursday morning I'm going to the store mm-hmm. and I go really early before most people get there. Can you, can you go with the seniors? The seven? I'm just kidding. <laughs> nope. That's six. That's oh, six to seven. I'm not allowed to go. If they let me in, seven. I'd be offended. <laughs> yeah. My mom, she goes to the grocery store like every morning. She's like, Oh, it's seniors time. I'm like, do you get carded? Like my mom does not look like a senior. She is smoking. Um, no, she she's doesn't. like, no, they wouldn't do that to me. <laughs> Funny. I'm like, okay, mom. <laughs> I think both of our moms look pretty bomb for their yeah, age. Yeah, they do. We got some cutie mamas. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. You read the review. Our lovely okay. review. Sunny Day 803 wrote, I love listening to Nicole and Gina each week. They are a breath of fresh air, informative, informative without being preachy or striving for perfection. Definitely worth tuning in. Love it. That's Thank you, Sunny Day nice. 803. Appreciate it. <laughs> All right. So coming up on May 31st, we will be posting our second edition of Healthier in a Hurry with all of our favorite and easier, of course, healthy, balanced dishes and products. Until then, keep in touch with us on social media at Dietitian's Dish Podcast. I have a trouble with that every single time on both Facebook and Instagram. And check out all of our episodes and show notes on our website, dietitiansdishpodcast.com. Also, please tell your friends about us. They can find us on numerous outlets such as Overcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Pocket Cast. If you listen on iTunes, be sure to leave us a review. We promise it only takes a few seconds. You don't even have to write anything. Just fill out the stars. All right, everyone. And Nicole, until next time, be well. Take care, Gita. Bye-bye. See ya. Thank you for listening for the podcast. Bye-bye. <laughs>